Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 83 of Unfiltered. I'm currently sitting in my room in the middle of a polar vortex that is happening in Boston right now. It's about negative five degrees outside and the temperatures are only dropping. So this weekend, really just going to hole up in my room and do nothing. It is nice, though, because a lot of things got canceled, like a lot of meetings, a lot of commitments that I was supposed to have um, just got canceled (laughs) and the past few weeks have honestly been so insane like I have been this has probably been the busiest period of my life I feel like there's just so many new things that I'm dealing with um so many new responsibilities that I've taken on I'm also taking five classes which sounds like a lot but two of them are very very low workload so it kind of feels like i'm taking three classes and then the two the other two are just for fun and i'm genuinely interested in all my classes so that's been really nice i love all my professors but juggling that with new responsibilities that i'm taking on i'm also reconnecting with people that i haven't seen since before winter break and just trying to adjust into a new routine it's been a lot and I actually really, really enjoy it. I feel like I love being busy and I honestly feel like there's there's nothing better than getting back to my room and feeling really proud of how productive I was that day, obviously, and I talk about this all the time. It's so easy for that to get to an unhealthy point where you rest a lot of your value and self-worth and how productive you are. But I actually feel like right now I'm in a period of my life where I'm not really viewing my productivity as fueling my self-worth. It's more that I'm participating in things that I genuinely love and I want to do. And so in doing that, I get a lot of joy if that makes any sense. So the past few weeks have been insane. I feel like I've been at Harvard for an entire month, but I've only been here for not even two weeks. It hasn't even been two weeks. Um, And it's interesting because the actual days go by so fast just because I'm constantly, you know, looking to what I have to do next. And so if I'm in a meeting, I'm thinking about how right after I'm going to go to the gym or I have another meeting, or I have a class, um, and before I know it, the day's over. So the actual day goes by really fast, but for some reason, when you put all those days together, they go by really slow, and I can't tell if that's a good or a bad thing. Right now, I feel like it's good, and I'm only saying that because I've been feeling very motivated recently, which is a highlight. (laughs) I definitely, at the end of last semester, lost all of my motivation and just did not want to do anything. I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to see friends. I just genuinely wanted to do nothing. And right now I feel like I'm the complete opposite. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna enjoy it while it lasts. I don't know how permanent this motivation will be, but for now it's working out and it's, it's been good. I have also been trying to ease back into working out. Um, I talked about it last week, but I have a back injury and it it's one of those things where I guess I never really expected myself to be in this position and I've had to work around it 
Um, and I'm constantly, you know, in tune with my body, trying to feel, feel how I feel. And if I'm in the middle of a long class and my back hurts, you know, I have to listen to my body and stand up and go to the bathroom and walk around and stretch. And I think easing back into the gym has been really nice. I took some time off from working out and I definitely felt the negative mental health effects from that. Um, because working out for me is just a way that I release so much stress and I, I love it. I genuinely love being active. So now that I'm starting to be active again, I'm definitely noticing that my mind is a lot clearer. Um, it's a lot easier to sleep at night. I'm not as stressed in my day-to-day life. So I think dealing with all these things has kept has kept me busy, has kept my mind always on the go. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the concept of emotion. And by no means am I a psychologist. Um, I do not claim to know anything about what I'm talking about. I feel like my podcast episodes are just outlets for me to rant about what's on my mind, but I I am not saying any of any of this to claim that I, you know, have any sort of superior knowledge about emotion, but I just speak based on personal experience. And I think as a college student, I have experienced emotions that I have never felt before. And a lot of it is compounded by just the specific fact that I'm in college. You know, there's, you have to you're going through all these social changes and relational changes and your relationship with yourself changes. You experience all these growing pains. Emotion is, it's so interesting because sometimes you feel very, very emotional. And then other times, you know, you gotta, you gotta shut that emotion down and show up to lecture. You gotta shut that emotion down and just do your project. So I think that the concept of emotion has I've been thinking about it a lot recently. So today I'm just going to be talking about some of the things that I think are very central to this idea of motion, of emotion. And I I think that another thing that I have encountered in college is you know, everyone deals with emotion differently. Some people feel their emotions more than others. Some people are better at repressing. Some people just don't really feel emotion, not in a psychopathic way, but some people just, you know, are tend to be more logical while others are more emotional. So obviously everyone's experiences are different. And so I don't want to make any generalizations, but this is the things that I'm talking about are things that I have noticed and learned about emotion over the past few years being in college. So I hope you guys enjoy. In terms of my favorites, I have been really loving this brand of protein bar called Bear Bells because they just taste like candy bars, but they still have so much protein. And I just buy like a pack of them and throw them in my backpack Um, and it's the perfect snack for when I'm walking to class or when I'm in class. That's my only favorite of the week. (laughs) And in terms of a low moment, 
I think the biggest thing I'm starting to realize, and I talked about this before, and I have realized it, but now I'm realizing it's a problem. My caffeine addiction and dependence is insane right now. I realized that this is a problem, and I was actually talking to my dad about it because he used to be addicted to caffeine, and then he slowly weaned off of it, and now he's not addicted anymore. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where a caffeine addiction makes sense, right? Like I'm a junior in college. I'm juggling all these things. I'm waking up at six in the morning and going to bed at one. I need caffeine, but caffeine is a drug (laughs) and I definitely have a dependence on it. Um, Just to illustrate this fact, yesterday I got a large cold brew. So every morning I get a large cold brew and I finished the cold brew and I got another one. And after having the second one, I realized that two cold, two large cold brews, which is 400 milligrams of caffeine, is the necessary amount of caffeine that I need before 9 a.m. in order to feel normal. And that's not okay <laughs> because I showed up to my 9 a.m. and I had already had 400 milligrams of caffeine. And I, you know, I was really alert. I was very focused. I got my work done. It was great. But then I thought about it and I thought about how 400 milligrams of caffeine, I think is your daily recommended average. I actually don't know. I feel like it's 400. I'm going to look this up later. But anyway, I had that amount before 9 a.m., and I needed that to feel normal. Like if I had shown up to class, even with with one cold brew instead of two, I probably would have been extremely tired because my body just doesn't react to caffeine. So I, I want to sit down and <laughs> figure out how to deal with this because I can't just, one of my friends said to just quit. And I told him, I said, I can't just quit caffeine because that's going to interfere with my daily activities. I need a way to slowly cut it out of my life. But also, I think that getting up in the morning and getting a coffee is one of those little things that I do every day that's part of my routine that brings me joy. So I like getting, I like coffee because I like the caffeine, but I also like the act of getting coffee and I like the taste of coffee. So we're going to figure it out. Sorry that I just talked about that for three minutes. Um... That's all I have for my intro. I hope you guys enjoy this episode on emotion. And without further ado, let's get on to the first segment. The first thing that I learned about emotion, and I'm still learning, is that emotions cannot be forced or controlled. Sometimes I try to force emotion. And I do this whenever I feel like I'm not in touch with myself enough. So I'll sit down and I'll force myself to listen to sad music. And because sometimes you just want to cry. Sometimes you just want to be sad. And sometimes I want to be sad, (laughs) which sounds crazy. But I feel like that's a very relatable feeling. Like sometimes you just need to feel something. And sometimes listening to sad music helps. But at the end of the day, your emotions come and go for a reason. And what I've learned is that when my emotion comes, I should just let it let it come and I should let it stay there and I should let it do its thing. And then when it leaves, I should let it leave. Um, emotions are one of those things that I feel like in psychology, no one, everyone has all these different theories about why emotions happen and the science behind it, but no one really understands 
what they do and how they happen. When I was taking my intro psych class, we learned about all these different theories that psychologists have created. And our biggest takeaway was that no one knows which theory is correct because emotions are so complicated. And for me, I think I I try my best to be very in touch with my emotions and to be honest about my emotions. And I think knowing that they're so complex to the point where psychologists just don't understand the reasoning behind it. I mean, you can't predict your emotions. And so I think knowing that gives me a lot of peace of mind and helps me in the moment understand that they really just cannot be controlled or forced. I think another key example of this is if you're, if someone that is close to you in life isn't emotional. I think sometimes, especially if it's in a romantic context, it can be frustrating when you yourself are very emotional, but this other person isn't. And so sometimes, you know, you might feel the need to, I guess, I don't want to say force emotion into them, but I don't know how to word this in the right way. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that similarly to what I was talking about a few episodes ago where you can't change people, you also can't force emotions onto people. And if people, everyone's different. If if a certain person just simply is, is not as emotional, that's totally fine. And you can't control that. You can't, I don't know. I've never really been able to c- control emotions in a in a sense that's, like in the moment, I, I feel like, I, okay, I feel like I'm rambling right now, but in certain situations, I try to control my emotions when I feel them getting the best of me and interfering with my ability to be rational in a situation. But overall, I think I, I let my emotions have power, if that makes any sort of sense. So the first thing that I have learned about emotions is they can't be forced and they also can't be controlled. The second thing that I've learned about emotion in college is that no matter how logical you try to be, your emotions will almost always lead the way. Again, everyone's different. Some people are... They just prefer to be more logical and rational. And some people are genuinely good at compartmentalizing and, and removing all emotions, stripping all of, mo- of stripping all of their emotions away so that when they're viewing a problem or a conflict or a relationship, they're able to view it without their emotions. And I think there's value in that. I think there's also cons of that. I don't know which way is better, but in my experience like I am someone who preaches listening to your heart and listening to your gut and I have found that to not go into detail um, every experience that I have been in where I have tried to suppress my emotions they always come up in one way or, or another they always inform my activity and my behavior and my decisions, even when I try to suppress them and make a logical choice. 
I think that emotions direct our behavior more than we think. They can direct them in conscious ways, in very outward and noticeable ways, but they also subtly influence us in ways that we aren't aware of. And I also think that our emotions and the way we deal with them is what makes each person so unique. And actually that everyone's perception of emotion and everyone's way of handling it is a huge part of what builds up their personality. So (laughs) to go back to my (laughs) original point, I think that no matter how rational you try to be, no matter how much you try to suppress your emotions, in my experience, emotions will always, always lead the way. And I think that's such a, I think that's such a beautiful thing, right? It's what makes us human. The third thing that I've learned is that being honest and upfront about your emotion is one of the bravest and most inspiring things you can do. I talk about vulnerability a lot and I talk about, you know, what are, what is the value in being vulnerable and being honest? Why is it so hard for humans to open up to other people and to show their emotion? And on the other, on the other hand, why is it so, why are humans so good at hiding their emotions? Is it out of fear? Is it that they don't want to seem weak? Is it that they think emotion makes you, or an absence of emotion makes you more professional, makes you more of a leader, gives you more authority? Why is it that we aren't honest about our emotions all the time? And I think there are moments where sometimes not being honest about your emotion is the best thing. And I think the ability to discern between a situation where being honest versus being dishonest, like which one is better, the ability to discern between that and make a decision that honors yourself the best is a sign of emotional maturity. Like when when you know when to reveal your emotion and show it versus when to maybe conceal it more. Because I think concealing emotion also has a lot of value, as I was saying. I think emotional maturity is really dependent on your ability to make that decision, to be confident in it, and to make the decision that is the best for yourself. I wasn't supposed to talk about that during this point, but I just went on a tangent. Anyway, when we are vulnerable with our emotions, to talk about the side where you do show them, um, it not only helps yourself, but it helps other people. And the first thing that I said in this point is that being honest about your emotions is, first of all, brave. I think that we underestimate how courageous it is to show your emotions to someone. I'm in this psychology class right now called The Psychology of Close Relationships, and we're learning that revealing your emotion to someone is one of the best ways that you can bond and build a relationship because nine times out of ten that emotion is something that the other person has also felt at one point and so you build this kind of mutual experience around a subjective idea of emotion 
that is a very powerful tool for creating relationships. I know for me, the people that I'm the closest to have seen my raw emotions. They've seen them. And I don't feel the need to hold back when I'm around them. I feel very comfortable in expressing myself. And I'm very lucky in in saying that. I also have friends who I don't feel comfortable showing emotion to. And that's okay. I think that you don't need to, you know, dive into your deepest, darkest secrets and, and your most raw form of emotions in front of every single person in your life. I think there are certain things you should keep close to your heart. But The people that I'm the closest to are the people who have seen my emotion. And I think I tend to be on the side of not, I'm not as scared to show my emotions. I think I don't really, to put it quite frankly, I don't really care. (laughs) I, if I feel something, I feel it. And if I'm sad, I'm not going to hold it, hold it in. Um, If I'm feeling a certain way, I'm not going to hold it in. I'm not really scared of that, but I I also have experienced situations where I feel the need to really suppress <clears throat> my emotions. But at the end of the day, ultimately, being vulnerable is so brave. And people don't really realize that because it's such a cliche. People are always like, oh, you know, if you're vulnerable, that's that's such an admirable thing to do. But no one really understands how bra- how how courageous you need to be in order to be vulnerable until you yourself are in a position where you you are vulnerable then you realize it actually does take a lot of bravery and the second part of the point that i was making is being honest about your emotions is also very inspiring and by this i mean when you're vulnerable and it inspires other people to also be vulnerable when you open your heart and when you show your emotions and when you're not afraid of that, that actually helps other people as well. Maybe if you're vulnerable with someone, they, you know, they're in, they're inspired by it, and in turn, they also feel the need to not the need. They also feel that they can be vulnerable, and it's not in a way of it's not in a transactional way. I think sometimes it can't. Sometimes it can be in a transactional way, but it shouldn't be. Where you know you share something with someone and then. They share something with you because they feel like they have to because you were vulnerable. Like, I don't think I don't think it should happen in that way. I think it should be more of a it shouldn't be transactional. It should be inspirational of I I was honest with you about my emotions. And so you're also honest with me. And we're helping each other through all this and we're building a relationship. <clears throat> We also see this on social media where when certain people speak up about certain things they've been through, certain struggles they've been through, it inspires other people to also speak up. And that's amazing and that's beautiful and it's led to so many good things, so many good changes. It's it's kind of changed the culture, I think, of our generation where so many people now feel inspired to also share their stories and and the struggles that they've been through rather than keeping up this image on social media that they're living a perfect life i think that it's definitely still a problem but i think slowly over time our generation is 
tending more towards being open and honest and vulnerable on social media. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. The next thing I have learned about emotions is that there is such a delicate balance between emotions and productivity. And I'm going to give a little anecdote. <laughs> um, I, when I was going through just the hardest period of my life at the end of last semester, I was going through the worst, <laughs> the worst heartbreak I have ever gone through. I was feeling all sorts of emotions. I was just a mess. I remember going to sleep that night, being so emotional, feeling so unsteady. And the next morning I woke up and I I shut down all my emotions and I recorded a podcast assignment for a class that was due at 11.59 that night and I had to do it. And I, I just recorded, I recorded the entire final podcast project. And I remember after I did it, I mean, the, I did well in the project. I don't know how, but I did well. I remember after I did it, I thought to myself, why is it that I had to do that? Why, what about college makes it so that I have to balance this? Like, why do I have to, you know, why do I have to be so, so, so emotional and then the next minute suppress all that and finish an assignment? Like, that to me feels wrong, but it's, something I'm so conditioned to do because I have been a student for the past 21 years of my life. I think there's such a, and by delicate balance between emotion and productivity, I mean, how do you know when it's okay to take a break from work and to take a step back and be very emotional and let yourself feel feelings versus knowing when to just suppress your emotion, push through, finish an assignment? Like, how do you know? How do you know when it's okay to skip class because you wake up feeling anxious versus suppressing that anxiety and dragging yourself to class? I don't know. I really don't know which is better. This ties back to what I was talking about in terms of emotional maturity. I think that there's no right or wrong answer. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, if you're anxious, push that aside and go to class. Because no, I've, you know, as a student who's going, who is a 21-year-old woman also going through a lot of things, experiencing a lot of new emotions in college, experiencing a lot of changes. I am such an advocate for prioritizing your mental health. And it's something that I've had to do. Have certain, have has my productivity decreased because of it? Yes, at times. Have my grades slipped because I've prioritized my mental health? Yes, at times. But at the end of the day, you're so much more important than a transcript. And I think that for me, working through this constant battle of do I let myself rest or do I just push through? Do I let myself feel my emotion or do I suppress it to finish this assignment? What do I do? I don't know. I think that's the biggest struggle that I've had in college, to be quite honest. I don't really, I don't yet know. I don't yet know when, when to take either course of action. And it's something I'm still figuring out. How do you know when to completely lean in versus when to suppress? I don't think suppression is a bad thing. I think suppression gets a bad rap. I think 
suppression some people think that suppression is avoidance but i think suppression is also a form of handling something that is for people who just genuinely can't take it all at once for me i felt my emotions very very periodically and in waves and i did suppress when i was going through heartbreak i did but i had to because if if i had to deal with all those emotions head on all at once that would have been horrible i mean it was still horrible nonetheless but that would have been actually horrible so i suppressed but then as i was saying before no matter how hard you suppress your emotions do come out eventually and so though i was suppressing my emotions slowly came out and then as they came out one by one i dealt with them that was my way of of healing and i think it worked fine so i think suppression is actually good but it's when you suppress so much to the extent that you're just used to suppressing and you actually don't let yourself feel those emotions i think that's when it can be a problem but we're not going to get into that because i could talk about that for two hours <laughs> if i had the time the next thing i've learned is our emotions shape us which is what i was saying earlier about how our personality i think so much of our personality is determined by the extent that we feel emotions the way and the extent that we express emotions, the way that we handle emotional conversations, the way that we handle emotional changes, the way that we, we receive emotion when people show emotion to us, how do we receive that? So much of our character and our personality is centered on this idea of emotion. They shape us, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. Emotion is so central to the human condition and experience that they have to be respected. They have to be given power. The next thing I've learned is that emotions vary in complexity. I feel like this goes without saying, but I have, in college, never have I ever felt such complex emotions. I mean, I have felt everything from jealousy to anger to sadness, anxiety, empowerment, and I felt all different iterations of this. I felt jealousy at the same time that I felt empowerment. I felt sadness at the same time as I felt anger. Like I have felt so many things in all different combinations. And I have grown so much from this, from dealing with complex emotions. I think as we get older, our emotions get more and more complex. Because, you know, when you're younger, I mean... You experience jealousy on the playground when your best friend starts hanging out with someone else. You experience sadness when your second grade crush doesn't like you back. Those are very simple. As you get older, everything just compounds upon one another. You start experiencing new things. You also meet new people. Everything mixes and your emotions get more complex. And I think that that's such a natural process that we should accept because going through that is what leads to growth and maturity. I have grown so much from all of this. I am so much better at recognizing what I feel and letting myself be okay with that. I think that's the most important thing, like being okay with experiencing complex emotions. It's okay if you can't articulate what you're feeling because you just don't know how to, that's, that's okay. There have been so many periods in college where I don't know how I feel, but I know I'm feeling something and I don't know it. So I let myself just sit there and 
I try not to think about it too hard, but I let it slowly over time reveal itself to me because as I was saying before, emotions always come out at the end. Emotions always lead the way. Emotions will always show themselves. So even if in a moment you don't understand what you're feeling, I guarantee you that over time you will realize. And this is where so much of perspective comes in. Like when I look back on certain things, I can now, I now have clarity to realize, oh, I was feeling this in that moment. But in the moment, I didn't realize. But now I know, now that I'm past that moment. The next thing that I've learned is that our emotions are easily influenced by those around us. Certain people have taught me so much about emotion. I have encountered people in college who are just naturally angry people. I've encountered, I've encountered people who are naturally prideful. I've encountered people who are naturally anxious. I've learned so much about emotion from other people. And that's shaped me. And our emotions are also very influenced by the environments that we're in. You know, when I'm sitting in a large lecture hall and it's 9 a.m. and the lights are bright and everyone is tired, no one wants to be there, that's anxiety-inducing. Versus when I'm sitting in the dining hall with my friends and we're all talking and it's cozy and chat. That's 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 joy inducing. Is that a word? <laughs> is that a phrase? I feel like this is, you know, kind of unspoken and it makes sense. But the environments that you place yourself in influence you. And the people you surround yourself with influence you. And your emotions are so impressionable. So think about the places and the spaces and the people that you're putting yourself next to. Yeah. The next thing I have learned is emotions must be respected. As I was saying, they hold so much power. And I think that it's it's scary that in productivity culture in college specifically we kind of applaud and praise a lack of emotion especially in academic discussion i've noticed that we applaud that and there are so many moments so many times where I'm about to walk into a classroom and I have to, sh I feel like I have to shut down my emotion before walking in because if I show any emotion, God forbid, I won't be taking this seriously. I'll be seen as unprofessional. I'll be seen as inferior. But why, why do we do that when emotions are kind of the entire reason why we're here. I mean, they're essential to our lives. They're essential to relationships. But why do we not give them the power that they, or why do we not acknowledge the power that they have? I think that once I started acknowledging the power of my emotions, that's when most of my growth started happening, to be completely honest. When I started listening to how I felt, when I started going with my intuition, when I started following my heart, that's when I feel like I've grown the most. 
So emotions must be respected. The last thing that I've learned about emotion is that our society has made it near impossible (laughs) to do all of the things that I have said in this episode so far. And I was really, again, inspired by my experience of going through the worst heartbreak ever and then still having to wake up the next morning and complete a final project. It felt like I was a robot, that I I had to do it. I think it's gotten better because of the pandemic, especially at Harvard. A lot of professors and staff are a lot more forgiving for if you need to miss class for any sort of reason. But it's still... It's still hard to be fully human, I think, in product in a culture of productivity. It is because productivity culture kind of assumes and and it it forces us to act like robots sometimes when that's just not healthy and it's not good for us. It's not natural. But again, as I was saying before, I don't know what the line is. Like, I can't let myself skip class for an entire year because I'm sad. Like, that's not good either. But if I truly am sad, that's also okay to skip class. I, that's what I, I, I think this is one of those things where I still don't, I think a lot of the episodes I make, I'm kind of, I make them and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm on the other side of this problem now. Like, obviously, I'm still figuring out, but for the most part, I've grown and this is my new perspective on it. I think this is the first episode, to be quite honest, where I genuinely am kind of stumped (laughs) with this ultimate argument of how do you know when to suppress versus how do you know when to feel? I don't know. I think it's very relevant to me as a student. I I mean, it's going to be relevant to me even when I graduate college. But right now in this period of my life, it's such a big question. So I don't know. I'm gonna end that I'm gonna end the episode on that. I don't know. And it's okay that I don't know. That's all I have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on emotion. It was kind of a lot. This is kind of the deepest episode that I've made in a while. But I've just been very inspired recently to talk about it because I've been experiencing so many emotions. And I have so many thoughts about this process. And throughout this time, even as I'm super busy, even as I'm constantly running from meeting to meeting, even as I'm, even as I can't catch a break from 6 a.m. until midnight every day because I'm constantly doing work or doing something, I still do my very best to check in with myself and ask myself how I'm feeling. And I hope, I hope you guys are doing the same. If you're in Boston, I hope you're staying warm from the polar vortex. (laughs) Don't go outside. Try not to. And this week, I encourage you to... I encourage you to recognize an emotion that you're feeling and try to deconstruct it. I'm going to try to do that. And we'll see where we go from there. And I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye.